When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. This is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort. And Casino on tap over the next three hours. We have Matt Humans, VEASAN host, senior editor of the website, VEASAN.com, coming up. That's in, uh, yeah, within this hour. He's got a bunch of picks in the NFL, college football, college hoops as well on a future bet that he likes. Paul Stone in 90 minutes. Some huge movement in some bowl games yesterday that we'll talk mm-hmm. about with him. And Nigel Seeley on the program in two hours, Paulie, as we have a huge match. I mean, we're down to the semifinals now. We'll get his take on uh, Argentina and Croatia, and uh, I'm very excited for that match. We have Argentina on the outrights, but I'm scared today because Croatia has been one hell of a side. Yep. Argentina future, Argentina France, exacta, and Messi golden boot trails Mbappé by one. Yep. A lot on the line here the next two days. All right. So the way that game played out last night, the Patriots were, in fact, a small favorite on the road. They took care of business in Arizona. 27 to 13 is your final. I mean, it looks like it was easy for the Patriots last night. Nothing about that was really that easy. I mean, if they don't get the Hopkins, I mean, that fluky, random fumble deep inside their own territory where the defender for the Patriots scoops it up and somehow he stays in bounds and takes it to the house to make it 20 to 13, like weird plays like that happened. Um, So it looked, again, like it was a very easy win for... uh, That was awful to watch last night offensively for that team. Yeah. And then Stevenson goes down with the injury. And as I tweeted out, like I think it was in the second or third quarter, can we get get, uh, get some more screens, please? We haven't seen enough yet tonight. Yes. I mean, it was screen pass after screen. And then Matt Jones going to the sidelines. You could hear him as they were going to commercial break. He drops the F-bomb on Patricia. Yep. He's still not happy. So they're right now the seven C, but that is not a pretty outfit right now in New England. No, uh, I, I couldn't stand uh, the, the Hopkins thing. Uh, in, in the open field... Carrying the ball like a loaf of bread. Yeah. And then just, sorry, guys, my bad. That's, yeah, well, no kidding, it's on you. Mm-hmm. You're carrying the ball around like that, being chased by three guys, and you just handed them the win. So it looked like it was going to be a 16 to 13 type deal. Oh, yeah. Until that fumble. And then uh, Arizona seemed like they were living in New England territory the whole game, but then either settling for field goals or failing to convert on fourth down. But it's just, you're right, the screen passes. The lack of creativity, and I know you were dealing with some injuries with Parker and Stevenson, but they faced a third and eleven, a third and fifteen, a third and thirteen, a third and fourteen. I mean, this is ridiculous. Oh, they were what not. Set, they were in early down success last night, like early. They were not setting themselves up at all for success. I mean, that's just that's impossible yes. to dig yourself out of that hole. You need right. many, many breaks, and like you said, I mean, on that, I think of the fourth down play because Kingsbury and the Cardinals go for it on fourth down more than any other team in the league. That Pat McCoy had Hollywood Brown. Now that was a diff- the degree right, of difficulty right. on that. He's leaping for the- you have to make that catch. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a totally different ball game if he comes up with that catch at that point. And it was little things like that the Cardinals could just not pull off uh, in that game. And of course, 
the major story was for that team anyway is uh, you know three snaps into the game, Kyler Murray goes down and the injury does not look promising. Yeah. I mean, how much time does he miss next season? Mm-hmm. Could be the question too. So that's, I mean, imagine the poor individual who uh, used Arizona on Survivor. And that happens right away. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, that stinks. Yep. And uh, it was just like you said, it was the fantasy week from hell. What happened? Five weeks, five weeks, key injuries in the game like that. What transpired in some of the other games. But as you said, though, and uh, it has been a bad year offensively. The Patriots are in the playoffs right now as the seventh seed. I I don't want to think about that. I don't even want to miss quickly. And and I'll tell you, even if they miss, they'll miss by a game. Uh, I don't think they'll get in. More on that in a second. But even if they miss, it'll be by one game. It'll be because of that that Monday night loss to Chicago, which I I still can't believe they lost that game. I know. Well, in in the fashion in which they lost, I mean, they were – it was a woodshed game. Right, couldn't stop fields. Right. So all these issues, can't do anything offensively. What's Belichick doing? They would be in the playoffs if they started today. And they they, they look good in terms of tiebreakers, but they close with three difficult games. Yeah, it's a good defense. We all know this. Judon was really good again last night, and he's not the only guy. I mean, and they were injured, too, on that side of the ball. I think that was also, like, not only the Murray injury, and we're going to hear from Kingsbury coming up here in a minute, but... I mean, players were dropping like flies in the first half last night. I just, you know, it was one right after another. Here's another commercial, and it felt bad for both sides because nobody could stay healthy in that game. But uh, I would, I know the Chargers are a tough unit to get behind as well, just because a lot of people they don't like the coach, uh, and they just, they weird things happen to that team every single week. The way it feels, but I would rather see Herbert in the playoffs with that offense than the Patriots. I mean, it's just it's difficult to watch. Yeah. Every every single play last night was the same thing for the most yeah. part. Well, you see that again. They have the weapons, you know, and Henry flies over the, his, yeah. the thirty he yard did. catch. But they, you certainly they have weapons. But it's just uh, ridiculous with the play calling. Do you think they win Sunday? They come out here. I actually do. I, I do think the Patriots visit Las Vegas and they walk. I think. I mean, it's a pick 'em for a reason. Yeah. But again, this is going to come down to Belich- like last night, right? Belichick versus Kingsbury. This is going to be Belichick versus McDaniel's. And uh, you can't trust this Raiders team whatsoever. And I do think that maybe after that loss, I know they've had a lot of time to get over it, but I think that might be lingering now because they knew that that was the icing on the cake for the entire year. Yeah. Still had an outside chance at the playoffs, and now it's over. If they win that game, they move to 8-6. and But they close. They get Cincinnati and Miami at home, and they go to Buffalo. I can't see them beating Cincinnati. But now, in January, at home against Miami with uh, Lollipop Tua, in, in the elements, right? And the Miami kids coming to 20-degree weather. If it's going to be bad, and why wouldn't it? It'll be January. And then what happens week 18? If the Bills need it, no chance. It's just a horrible matchup for them. Yeah, we've seen that now going but back if, the last right, three games. But if if there's a scenario where they needed help, like a Kansas City loss, and Kansas City leads the Raiders 21 nothing early, you might get Case Keenum for a half. Yeah. And suddenly this could work out. In New England's favor, and they sneak in because they uh, their conference records five and three. Miami six and three. Chargers five and four. The Jets lose every tiebreaker. That's not good. For they have team. five conference losses. They were swept by the uh, Patriots, although they, they they closed with Miami, so they did beat Miami earlier. But they already they lost to Cincinnati and they lost to Baltimore as well. Well, massive game for the Jets coming up this weekend against the Lions. Yes, for both teams. So, uh, again, last night, the biggest story, all the injuries, and Kyler Murray goes down. Here's his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, talking about the injury after the game. Yeah, I mean, we just was kind of asking what was going on from the medical staff, and obviously it didn't look good, and I've never seen him um, in that type of shape, so I assumed it wasn't good. And, Paulie, I mean, we're coming up on Christmas. So if it's not good, and sources are out there, you know, late last night saying it's not good, the results are not going to come back, uh, like the Cardinals want it at all? How far does that go? And if it's if it is yeah. what we think it is, yeah. how far are we talking? You know, deep into next year. Yeah, that uh, you know, is he going to be ready sure. in September? Sure. Two things: non-contact, and you see yep. that reaction, yep. and then you see the towel over the face with the cart. Yep. So that was unfortunate, and all she wrote. Uh, and the other thing is uh, what it means for Christmas here with Survivor. I mean, now do you have do you take the chance? Maybe you could use Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay against. Uh, Colt McCoy here, or, or or are they actually better with Colt McCoy? I, that's possible as well. I know uh, this is uh, this. How does he survive this this season? He can't. Kingsbury. He well, can't. I I love the fact that they showed that graphic last night during the game. The extensions, 
Oh my God! I mean, he he is good through like twenty twenty seven. This kid, come on! And then Murray is good through twenty twenty eight or they, vice versa. Number I mean, one, they can't stand each other. Number two, he's a bad coach. They can't. They've lost five of six. Murray calls out the scheme, and and how uh, about Kingsbury? He hasn't won a challenge in three years. Yeah, that was his first challenge of the year. Yo, that's how, another one. How is this can, even possible? Can you believe that? No, I said that's not right. Yeah, it can't be. My my, my that's impossible. My biggest regret of the entire year, and we bet you know several teams win totals, divisions, playoffs, whatever. My and I said this on the year back in August. I just I don't know why I didn't pull the trigger. My biggest regret is not betting the Cardinals on under everything. I didn't like this team coming into the year. They're four and no, nine. I just I can't explain this guy. And it's like it's like again it's like the Ashton Kutcher thing. Just a horrible resume. And how was he getting these jobs over and over and right? over again? You couldn't win with Mahomes in college. Yeah. And then you, you're, you're this offensive genius, supposedly, and you're pathetic in the first quarter all year. And you have these weapons, and you have this talent on offense, and you can't do a damn thing, and you're lost in the first half, and you can't win a home game. Right. I mean, what? What? how do you go to war with this guy? Yep. Come you, on. You can't, Paul. The, 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 the coach-quarterback combination is, honestly, right. it's a terrible one-two combo. It's Absolutely. one of the worst in the entire league, in my opinion. And an update on how difficult it can be to cash in these contests, uh, I was 4-1 and one in the Super Contest this week. I went to 43-25-2 on the year. Give me it again. 43-25-2. Yeah. That's good for 44 points. Before this week, I was six points out of first. I, the outstandings will update today, I'm guessing. Yeah, guys are like Top, 72%. Tied for 60th. But I think I'm going to make, make up some ground this week. I'm not even in the money. I'm 43, 20, 63%, 43-25-2, only the top 30 pay this year because of what they did with the all the... Oh, God. Here they and they the changed three, it. You're not the in three this week one. Prizes. You're not in this. I'm one. not in this one. No. And they they changed this to top 100. They did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm putting. Well, it's the, ridiculous. Yeah. Seventy. Some guy went five and all. There's a new leader here. It's like seventy-two percent. He's hitting. I mean, again, yeah. This is this is asinine. It's very difficult to do yeah, this stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna. It looks like I love the idea over there because they did the three week thing throughout the entire year, six different times, and they did six week contests and nine week contests. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna miss out on all that because I never put together like a thirteen and two week or fourteen and uh, one. And then top 30, tricky, tricky. Uh, the sports slate yeah. is jam-packed right now, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. And whether you're a soccer, football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join them every week for new promotions like their Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Sunday football parlay insurance, and more. Bet Rivers is calling all soccer fans to head to betrivers.com to check out their World Cup daily bet and get, where it is a whole new game up next we have top five tuesday and win some lose some as well paulie's going to recap more of the betting action from the game of scoreless quarter came in how about the player to score the first touchdown overall in the game where did that come from because of the stevenson injury that's all coming up here and follow the money it's vsin the sports betting network Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. 
It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSIN. Welcome back. Sports late jam-packed. Bet Rivers Sportsbook, your home, all the latest lines, odds, and boost. Great house specials, soccer, football, hockey, basketball, they have you covered. Tuesday hockey, first goal insurance. Sunday football parlay insurance. And get up there, Argentina today. Get the semis today and tomorrow, World Cup. Check out the daily bets and the great menu. It's a whole new game at Bet Rivers. Here we go. Matt Humans joins the program now. VSIN host and uh, senior editor at vcin.com. Uh, Matt, I know that you're on Texas to win the national title in college basketball. We got the news yesterday morning on the show. Chris Beard, uh, obviously um, uh, not a good situation there as he was arrested for third-degree assault, I believe is what it was. Missed the game last night, and uh, they barely won. Uh, did not cover against Rice in overtime. What do you think happens here with the situation? Is he going to coach again this year? And uh, if not, I mean, well, uh, I know we got to talk about it from a sports betting perspective. What are you, you going to just rip up your Texas future ticket then and win the whole thing? Yeah, it certainly looks like a bad beat on the Longhorns. And uh, I guess no pun intended there. But with, without Chris Beard, uh, Texas is not going to be a national title contender. And I read the arrest report, and it looks bad. I contacted a friend of mine who's an attorney in Austin, Texas. He's got uh, connections at UT, and he said he thinks Beard has coached his last game there. Oh. And, uh, you know, that's disappointing for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, um, Chris Beard is one of the elite coaches in college basketball. Without him, I don't think Texas can get there. And, you know, even if he hasn't coached his last game, I don't think he's going to coach again this season. So you can basically uh, light those Texas Futures tickets on fire. I think at this point, that 30-1, to 1, you, know, you might as well make it 50-60-1. to 1. I just don't think Texas is going to be the same team. And how about last night with those distractions? How good of a spot was that for Rice as a 23-point dog mm. taking that game to overtime? But, you know, looking beyond the Beard situation, I was uh, trying to find a, a, a future to play to kind of uh, replace that. And I've been – I've been too slow to pull the trigger on this because I like this Arizona team quite a bit. Uh, right now, believe it or not, Arizona is my number one team in college basketball in my power ratings. Wow. And DraftKings has still got Arizona at 18 to 1. And you can find Houston out there at around 7 to 1. Uh, I think Arizona is a great value at 18 to 1 at DraftKings, 16 to 1 at the Westgate if you'd still play it. With the size the Wildcats have on the front line, the guards, coaching. Uh, I, I think this is a Final Four team, and uh, right now, if you tell me there's a one futures bet out there that you want to make, I would say make it on Arizona at eighteen to one. All right, very good. Uh, let's get to some picks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now uh, you got a couple ugly dogs here, 
but do you like to yep. buy on bad news sometimes? A good, a great angle. But here, you want to talk about a sandwich game. Now, I, I said yesterday, how many points are the Eagles going to score against the Bears? But it, it's a tough spot considering you just pummeled your, your last two opponents. This is the middle of your third straight road game, and you have the huge matchup against Dallas on deck. Do you think they overlooked the Bears? Yeah, exactly, Paul. That's what I'm looking at here is uh, what the Eagles and Cowboys have on deck is that Christmas Eve game in Dallas, and I'm going to play against both these teams this week. It's kind of like when you bet against Ohio State and Michigan the week before they play each other. And uh, the Bears are off a bye, and they're actually not – they've lost six in a row, but they haven't been playing terribly. And Justin Fields is actually playing much better against the Packers. Before the bye, had a 55-yard touchdown run. He threw for 254 yards. It really – changed this offense to highlight his skills, and I like what Fields is doing. And he's got Equinemius St. Brown and Keel Harry, Cole Komet, stepping up as receivers who are making plays. And uh, with the Eagles playing back-to-back road games here, and then with a third consecutive road game at Dallas, I think this is a good spot to play the Bears. I'm going to take the points plus nine. And then on the other end, mm-hmm. I'm taking the Jaguars plus five against the Cowboys, who were lucky, really lucky, to escape against the Texans on Sunday. The Jaguars are two and one in their last three. Trevor Lawrence threw for three sixty-eight and three TDs since the beginning of November. He leads the NFL in completion percentage at seventy-one point eight. He's thrown one hundred and eighty-one consecutive passes without a pick, and I think the Jaguars. We're set up here in a good spot as home dogs to possibly pull the upset. So I'm taking the points with the Bears and the Jags in those spots. Yeah, and there were so many games going on at the same time. Uh, Mitch made a good point yesterday. Houston had first and goal at the four. Oh, man. I mean, if you had Dallas and Survivor, and if you had yeah. Texans money line, oh. I mean, that should have been over what happened there. And then the ridiculous call on fourth down. How about the Patriots somehow would be in the playoffs if they started today, another road game taking on the Raiders, really, and after the debacle against the Rams, what do you want to do with this one? <laughs> debacle is the word I just used when I was writing up uh, this game for the Beeson Pro Guide. I, you know, I was on the Patriots last night, and their performance I thought was far from impressive. I know the offense continues to be a play-calling mess with Matt Patricia calling the shots. Matt Jones is taking a lot of hits behind that injury plague line. He's making very few big plays, and it's a lot of short throws. I really don't understand the play-calling sequences or the schemes that the Patriots running on offense. They only put up 20 points against one of the league's worst defenses. The game flipped thanks to a fumble return Mm -hmm. for a touchdown in the third quarter. They faced a backup quarterback, Colt McCoy, after Kyler Murray's fluke injury. I think uh, as bad as the Las Vegas defense looks, most of the time the pass rush is a big positive. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, I think can really take advantage of the Patriots' weak offensive tackles to put pressure on Mac Jones. And really, the Raiders have an offensive advantage here. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams are the top two playmakers on the field. Derek Carr's got to clean up the careless mistakes and sloppy play that held back the offense at critical times. But this is a pick em game, and I think there are actually more edges in favor of the Raiders. They were gaining momentum, don't forget this, before the three-game winning streak and the loss and the debacle in L.A., so I do kind of like the Raiders in this spot in a pick em. Good teaser here. Mm-hmm. Packers Monday night at home against the Rams, and uh, the Bills taking on a Miami team. Horrible spot here. Another road game for Miami, and they landed at 7.30 in the morning yesterday, and now they got to play the Saturday game. Yeah, you're right about that, too. How about the Dolphins? they got three consecutive road games, and then Tua, who was terrible on Sunday yeah. night, started three for 17. Now he's got to go to Buffalo against that defense outdoors. I just can't see it happening for the Dolphins here. So you put the Bills on a teaser, and I'm going to pair them up with the Packers on uh, Monday night. I think Aaron Rodgers off the bye is going to be healthier here. And the Rams are a mess. Without uh, Cooper Cup, without Aaron Donald, I don't see that they can go to Lambeau and pull off the upset here. So I think a, a Bills-Packers teaser actually makes a lot of sense. And in college football, two bowl games that you like. Troy, this is a really good game coming up this weekend. Troy, you like them lane one. And also, not too late for you to bet Fresno here against Wazoo? I bet Fresno already. I laid one with Fresno. It's at three now. I just put the pick out at three because last week I put it out at one on B-Send, but not on your show. So uh, when you look at UTSA, first of all, Frank Harris is the marquee player in the game. He's a six-year senior quarterback. That Roadrunners offense puts up 38, 38.7 points a game. 
But this is a contrasting styles type of matchup, a flashy offense against a, a dominant defense. Troy allows 17.5 points per game. That's number eight in the nation. Troy rolls into the ball on a 10-game winning streak as well. And Gunnar Watson, their quarterback, actually had a great game against Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt title uh, matchup, threw for 318 yards. Uh, I actually think Troy is uh, going to be the, the play here. Troy at minus one. I think it's a similar matchup to uh, UTSA's bowl game last year where they faced a really good defensive team in San Diego State and lost that 38-24. to So I'm going to go with the, the Troy defense here to prevail against the UTSA offense. And as far as Fresno goes, we all love Jay Kaner. He's a gamer. Uh, the Bulldogs have been red hot since he came back. They've got some uh, playmakers aside from Hayner. He's not a one-man show, but in the six games since Hayner has come back from injury, Fresno scored 37.2 points per game. And then if you look at the Washington State defense, <laughs> not a lot to like here. Uh, in that 51-33 loss to Washington, the Cougars were lit up by Michael Penix, and they allowed 703 total yards. Uh, the Fresno defense allowed a total of 30 points in the last three games. I'm going to take um, – Hainer and that Bulldogs defense to win the L.A. Bowl against Washington State. Very cool. Follow him on Twitter. He is at MattHumans247. Thanks, Matt. Good luck this week. Okay, you bet. Thanks. Good job. That leads us to the pro tip, and you got a couple angles here. But not only do you have the uh, look-ahead spot, you have the sandwich spot, right? Or the couple leagues. I mean, the Eagles off the huge win, and now with the Cowboys on deck, here come the lowly Bears, right? Samuel, schedule a sandwich spot. And look-ahead spot and lay in nine. Pro tip, we do them every hour, every show, at least 20 a day, available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com where you can sort them by sport and by show. Yeah, but like the back door, for a road team to be favored by that much, the back door is always going to be open with a running quarterback like Justin Fields. Up next, as bad as it's been for this recent Super Bowl team, the numbers suggest it could be much, much worse. They could easily be the lowest scoring team in the league with one of the worst overall records. What to look at, what to watch for down the stretch with a month to play in the NFL. Coming up here and follow the money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. What's new? VSIN.com, College Bowl Guide, preview of the Friday Bahamas Bowl. We got a game early Friday in the Cure Bowl. Great matchup, Troy, in San Antonio. Every pick made by the VSIN host and guest. World Cup preview, Nigel Seeley. Best bet today, Argentina, Croatia. And Matt Humans, 10 lessons he learned from week 14 of the NFL. It's up there. It's excellent at vcin.com. We talked about Jared Goff uh, 30 minutes ago and uh, why he needs to be considered for comeback player of the year. We ran down all the numbers, and it makes a lot of sense. He's not even listed. This is a, uh, a good response on Twitter, and you can always get in touch with us here at vcin live, at Mitch Moss Radio, at Paulie Howard. Guy in the cornfields tweets, they removed players throughout the season with no long, uh, who no, no longer have a shot. You can't really add a field when you do that. You need to leave the original pool and have field option throughout the entire season. Dep- depends on the book, huh. but most reputable will refund if someone from the pool doesn't win. The field needs to be part of it throughout the entire year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good tweet. And so will they add Jared Goff today? It could just be that simple. Very good tweets today. Uh, also, Willie Beeman checking, and he also would uh, have a driver if he won the lottery. First purchase, never drive again. Oh, uh, the, the people bringing up Perez, that some books didn't list Perez when you had ah, him home run title. Home run title, okay. It was a dead heat with Vlad. But uh, then they had the crazy ruling here at Circa, which they paid Guerrero as the winner. was based on plate appearances uh, It was ba- based on uh, yeah, fewest, whichever player had the fewest number of at-bats. Okay. Would have the edge there. So uh, that was, yeah, some places never had, had Perez up because he was way out of it in late August. Oh, yeah, he was like nine out, fire. I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so looking at uh, these potential playoff teams in the NFL and, you know, who can be a contender, who do you want to fade down the stretch? 
you know, as bad as it's been for Tampa Bay so far on the year, six and seven, and I've said this kind of nonchalantly over the past couple of weeks, like they could have, they probably should have like three wins. And when you dig in and see how bad it's actually been, and this will happen when you look at win totals for next year, like what happened, what's going to correct itself. Buccaneers have actually been worse than their, their record, six and seven. They're, and right now we have a great graphic here of the highest scoring and the lowest scoring teams in the entire league. Well, look at the bottom five teams. The Buccaneers, the Rams, the Texans, the Colts, and the Broncos are, are your five lowest scoring teams in the entire league. And think right. about that, Paul. Yes, think about that is right. Houston is god-awful. Their offense has been a joke the whole season. What India's had to deal with, it hasn't worked out. The offensive line's been atrocious. Then you had the uh, Ellinger experiment. And then we know Denver, who coming into uh, last week, they were averaging 13 a game. And then the Rams just have no one healthy. Everyone's out, offensive line receivers, and yeah. and you're playing Perkins, and you just picked up Mayfield off the scrap heap. That's the company you're in. Tom Brady, yep. all these weapons. I mean, come on. Four of those five teams were like potential Super Bowl contenders before the season started. Mm-hmm. And they are in the bottom five for you know lowest scoring team. You're right. There's Brady. And look at, by the way, look at the difference between scoring at home and uh, on the road. For example, if you want to compare the bottom five to the top five, look at the Eagles. They have no problem. They're averaging 30 at home and 29.3 on the road. The Lions are fifth overall, and keep keep your eye on that. They average 32 points at home, 18.4 on the road. That is a two-touchdown drop-off. And where are they playing again this week? Maybe some bad weather on the road against a very good defense with the Jets. So that's big. But uh, yeah. well, getting getting shut out at New England, and then six points at Dallas—that'll get you. But uh, they were pathetic in the New England game. Yep, the Colts are averaging twelve point seven points per game away from home. Oh man! But so oh. when you go back and you know dive into like the Buccaneers box scores on the year again, they're somehow leading their division. I looked at every single game yesterday. In week two, they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. It was 3-3 with 12 minutes to play. Jameis threw three INTs in the final 12 minutes, including a pick six. Ingram fumbled at the Buccaneers' 11-yard line late third quarter. But they had three points in the fourth. So yeah. I'll be nice and give them like 13 points in that game. They never should have won that game 20-10. to uh, 10. They should have lost the game. If Ingram doesn't fumble, they lose that football game and they probably score three, but we'll give them 13 here for the sake of being kind. In week three, the following week, right? They trailed Green Bay 14-6 to six with three minutes left. They drove 89 yards for a touchdown. They went for two, missed it, lost 14-12. to 12. They were vo- very fortunate. They easily could have scored six points in that game. In week eight, they scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. 27-22 loss to Baltimore. Total garbage time touchdown. Oh, t- Julio Jones, fourth yep. and eight, 53 seconds left. Yep. Easily, could have, would have, should have had 16 points in that game. The following week, they trailed the Rams 13-6 in the fourth quarter. Rams could not get a first down to, sa- to save their lives. They could not melt the clock. Brady, touchdown pass, 13 seconds left. Easily, could have had nine points in that game. And last week, we all saw this, week 13, they trailed late against the Saints, 16-3, to 91-yard drive for a touchdown with three minutes left, got the ball back. We saw how stupid the uh, Saints were with the ball. They scored the go-ahead touchdown with three seconds left. They easily could have had three or ten points in that game. So realistically, they should have around 191 points, and this is me being nice, by the way, 191 points on the year. That equals 14.7 points per game, which would be, and I didn't do this for every team, but I'm, I'm pinpointing here exactly how awful it really could be for the Buccaneers. 14.7 points per game would be the lowest in the entire league. They should have nine games with fewer than 20 points scored. The, re- and not, the record could easily, easily be 3-10 with a point differential of around negative 60 or worse. For example, here's the comparison. Denver and Chicago are each 3-10. and 10. The Buccaneers' point differential would be worse than the Broncos and very similar to Chicago. But they had all of those miraculous comebacks late when they did nothing throughout yep. the entire game. Yep, and teams falling asleep and horrible scheme and soft coverages and bam, bam, bam. The Saints game and the Rams game. You said in August with the Brady disappearing offensive line marriage stuff, did you say fewest points or fewest wins? Brought up both. I bet fifty to one was one of them. Well, and I got to uh, fewest wins late. I uh, saw somebody tweeted out 
they have the Rams to they had the Rams to win three or four games. Exactly. That's right. You brought that, that up. Was a, the three, was I know three was two fifty. So the Mayfield uh, comeback really hurt him. But that put him on four. I think that was their fourth one. I think yeah. that was yeah. That, right. But yeah. But look at this. Go ahead. Uh, th- those those bets would be in play if you bet Buccaneers lowest scoring team in the uh, NFL. Hell, they're only still averaging two and a half points more than Denver. But even like what was Denver to be the lowest scoring team in the league? Yeah. Their win total was ten ten and a half. And I, I'll tell you, I have losing bets on the Broncos. I bet. Once the numbers came out, I looked. I bet Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton to lead the league in receiving yards. Horrible bets. But I had no clue that Russell Wilson was going to ever be this bad. I, I meant people didn't. Um, but I just I can't get over like, and that's you know when these teams have like high win totals, and uh, a lot of people who like betting the unders on player props and alt win totals anyway, where you're expect like. More bad things can happen to good teams than like good things can happen to good teams. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, a couple of games, yeah. like we saw last night. If you're betting player props in that game, well, if you bet Kyler Murray anything, you lost. I know yeah. sportsbooks refunded some of those bets. If you bet any Ramondre St- Stevenson, he goes out of the game. I had him in several fantasy leagues, so it was just a nightmare scenario for me, losing in the final week of the regular season. He goes out, he's banged yep, up, yep. and that's you know we talked about that back in August too. If you're betting like season long props. On players, uh, you always want to look to bet the honor because so many things can go wrong rather than going right. But this is just, I mean, mm-hmm. if the Buccaneers get in the playoffs, how do they possibly, like, what, what's the point spread against a good team if they're even at home in the first round of the playoffs? Well, you don't have to say. They're playing Dallas. Unless Philly collapses here and Philly is $7 now to get the one seed, that's going to be the matchup. So I will say this, all the pressure will be on the Cowboys. Yeah, three playoff wins in twenty some years. What, what does Brady care? I mean, he's the no one can ever touch him. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. If he loses the game, he just goes to the Fox TV booth and makes a hundred million dollars. Yeah, whenever he wants. Actually, so that, that, you know, what, what does he care? Maybe if Brady, you know, I'll say this: if Brady wants to play one more year and go somewhere else, he could do that. Yeah, that could happen too. I'm sick of Tampa. No, all right, I'll get it, get out of here, and that's it. Yep. But now that's keep, all the pressure would be on that. You can't lose, I mean, especially if we're talking about a 13-win team against a 7-win team. Yeah, I mean, the put well, remember this, though, and I, I expect this to be the case this week in Jacksonville. I think the Cowboys fan base, I think that's probably going to be 75-25 Cowboys and Jags this week. And remember, right. uh, was it yeah, last year to open up the season, that first night of the, of the year was Tampa Bay hosting Dallas. And the Dallas... Um, crowd was it was very close to 50-50. The Buccaneers were the champs. We were coming off the pandemic season. They beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But the Cowboys fans will take over in a playoff game. Absolutely, that's going to be a it's going to be a neutral field at best for the Buccaneers playing at home. So I just I mean winning's a deodorant. It covers up a lot of things that stink. Oh yeah. And you certainly with the run down here, it's like the shoulda, woulda, coulda. Like uh, you shouldn't have won these games and now it not that it, it, again. How do they beat the Bengals? How are they going to win that game Sunday? Bengals defense very underrated right, right and now. And this is a team that's broken offensively. Yeah. And now the defense gave up against San Francisco and let Mister Irrelevant go off on them. Mm-hmm. And I the mean, Bengals I just, are one of the hottest teams in the league. Yeah, it, it's it's stunning to me that when you as bad as it's been, it should be much worse, and yet they're in first place in their division. Yep. But if they lose this week in Carolina, they're, they're a small favorite at home against Pittsburgh. Things can change then. Atlanta's punting on the season. I mean, well, they made a quarterback change. They could be tied for first place when we hit, come in here Monday. But also, Mariota's got a knee problem now, as yeah. so they're saying. Well, I, I yeah. think it's we don't want to give them a $12 million roster bonus. Yeah, that could easily be it. Up next, uh, we'll touch on more NFL with the uh, point spreads and the lines moving in Week 15. We had some big movement on a total yet again this week. It always pays to look at the forecast this time of year. We'll run down what happened with a total yesterday on the screen. Coming up here and Follow the Money, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. 
Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Great time of the year. A lot going on in sports. Argentina, Croatia today. Bowls start Friday. Soccer, football, hockey, or basketball. Bet Rivers as you covered. And join them every week for great house specials and new promotions. Tuesday, hockey, first goal insurance. Sunday, football, parlay insurance. Calling all soccer fans, head to BetRivers.com. Check out the World Cup daily bet and get. It's a whole new game at Bet Rivers. Here we go. Professional sports better. Paul Stone joins the program now. We'll get into uh, college football, some Bet City likes, and some uh, wild movement yesterday in some games in a minute. But, Paul, you're, uh, you're all, you've always been close to this uh, Texas program. You've read the arrest affidavit uh, regarding Chris Beard and what happened yesterday. Uh, how ugly does this look for the head coach and uh, exactly what took place? Well, I tell you, I, th- I think it looks quite ugly. The Austin American Statesman, uh, late yesterday afternoon, uh, they had filed, I guess, a, a public records request to obtain the officer's arrest affidavit relating to Chris Beard and his uh, the alleged victim in the case. Uh, you know, based on her statement uh, to police and based on injuries, uh, although not you know serious, serious in one regard, certainly, absolutely but certainly not life-threatening. It's not a pretty picture. Um, you know, I, I just don't think Chris Beard will survive it. Initially, uh, as information was coming out, there was some conflicting information, and, and that's kind of the kind of the negative side of, of social media. A usually reliable, reliable source was reporting a different set of facts, and, you know, I was taking a wait-and-see uh, approach. But mm-hmm. now that we've seen this affidavit, I would say Chris Beard has coached his last game at the University of Texas. Wow. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the best. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in college basketball. 
So I mean, I mean I, I'll be honest. I have Texas twenty-two to one, I believe, to win the title. I, that's that's garbage now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you agree with that, Paul? Matt said the same thing. You can throw your future tickets in the garbage. Yeah, I would. I would think. I mean, Rodney Terry, the interim coach, is probably going to be the coach for the remainder of the season. Would be my best guess as of right now. And you know, I, I just think Beard. You know, he, he's got he's got that big personality. He's mm-hmm. the leader and. Uh, I just think the the team loses a lot of its steam. I mean, we've got to, you know, we got to kind of again wait and see. Obviously, last night against Rice, they struggled uh, the first game following uh, Beard's suspension. But uh, I certainly would think those tickets have lost quite a bit of their value. Okay, so some bowl games and some movement that we saw yesterday uh, this weekend. BYU plays SMU. BYU opened up a small favorite. The total was seventy three and a half. Well, now SMU was favored by. Five, five and a half, and there's been a big drop on the total. of It's down to 64, 64 and a half, 65 in that neighborhood. What does the uh, situation look like for, for the BYU quarterback room, Paul, going into this bowl game? Well, I tell you, you know, when, when the bowl pairings were announced, there was certainly a lot of concern about whether Jaron Hall would play BYU starting quarterback. And even though SMU, uh, their starting quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, who's uh, announced his att- intentions to apply early for the NFL draft. He said he's going to play in the game, and I believe he will, but there's still a possibility he won't. So I did play this game uh, under 71.5 back on Monday, December 5th. Mm. But Kalani Sataki yesterday said Hall, quote, has not been practicing, end quote, and, quote, is still banged up, end quote, with the right ankle sprain. Said he has not been eliminated from the possibility of playing, but I don't think uh, it looks very favorable for Hall participating in the bowl game. So based on transfer portal and injury situations, BYU's quarterback would be, if Hall can't go, Boise State transfer Cade Finnegan, who hasn't taken a game snap in 25 months. uh, when he was at Boise State as a backup. So uh, that, that's a huge drop-off there. Their top running back, uh, Lopini Katoa, he's not going to play. Uh, 1,800 career rushing yards, 86 career receptions. Christopher Brooks will play at running back. But BYU is going to be without some key personnel, especially at that quarterback position. And uh, also you have the possibility that Mordecai, although I do believe he will play, mm. Uh, he could eventually opt out. So uh, the under, much of the value's gone by now, but uh, this game could be not quite the offensive showcase that we initially thought it was going to be when the pairing was announced. Yeah. So it's my understanding as well, in another bowl game, we're talking to Paul Stone, professional sports better here on Follow the Money. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Currently, <clears throat> East Carolina is laying 8.5 or 9 against Coastal Carolina. This number now moved... Weird here, Paul. It went to like 14 after Grayson McCall put out a message saying that he's going to enter the transfer portal. Grayson McCall is the great quarterback at Coastal Carolina. But then the number came back down to where it's at right now. What's the, what's the reasoning behind the movement in this game? I think we lost, we lost him. This is incredible. So you're going to have Sanders in the, in the portal already from Oklahoma State and now McCall and the job that he's done at Coastal. And then it goes back to what he means to the point spread and how valuable he is, and he's been a great quarterback. So he, he announces, uh, I'm, 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 I'm coming out and going to leave. But it was you could take it away after this. Uh-huh. But I was like Matt Eumas because we were talking during the break. Like, okay, we'll see you. That's it. I had a nice run, and now someone's going to grab him. And what a boost it would be for that program. Yep. But it was a lengthy, lengthy post. So here's what happened. Yeah, East Carolina, they were laying, again, around eight. Grayson McCall comes out announces that he's going to enter, enter the transfer portal. And uh, Paul, st- the power went out at Paul's house. So we're trying to get him back on. <laughs> so <clears throat> he sends us out. Uh-oh. People see this and they hammer East Carolina. It goes to 14. But Evan, the bottom part of the message said, I'm still going to play in the bowl game. Yeah. So then people, well, wait a second. I read the whole message now and they bet it back down. My question is, is it worth, because you saw what happened to the number if he's not going to play, it went to 14. Yeah. Is it worth betting East Carolina right now if Coastal Carolina comes in and says, hey, man, we love you, but you're going to transfer. You're not playing in the bowl game. I mean, would that not make uh, a little bit of sense? Bo Schembechler, a Michigan man's coach in Michigan. I mean, that would, yeah, wouldn't you say, sorry, thanks for everything you've done, but you're out. I don't. If it's up to me. I, I think it's different than what Frost did at Central Florida, too. But, hey, we've had a great year. We're undefeated. I want to coach. 
against Auburn in the Pete, whatever it was, the bowl game, Peach yeah. Bowl, uh, to go undefeated, and then I'll take the Nebraska job. I love these kids. I right. mean, this. What, 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 what would you do there? The coach I, is gone. Uh, yeah. It's it's a guy named Tim Beck, but I, it's like up in the air who's going to be the coach here of the of nah, the bowl game. I think you have something. I'm, I'm, I think you have something. I, I think honestly, you're onto something. I, and I'm for player movement. Uh, they should be able to do this. Yeah, free agencies come to college football. Yeah, I like it. I, I would personally say, Grayson, we love you, but you got to go. If if you're not going to stay with us, good luck, yeah. transfer, and then go to your new school. So, Paul, is the angle here on East Carolina to maybe play them right now in, in case Coastal Carolina does that, and they, they tell Grayson McCall, you, you can't play in this bowl game? You were asking about Grayson McCall yep. and whether he can uh, whether he plays in the bowl game. Yep. You know he, he's entered the transfer portal, and uh, I hope I'm not uh, repeating what you said, but you know he indicates he plans to play in the bowl game. But I I don't know that the new uh, head coach Tim Beck, although they will have their defensive coordinator Chad Staggs be the interim coach, Beck will have a final say. You would think, and he may or may not elect to play McCall if McCall doesn't play. Yep. Their only quarterback with experience is Jared Guest, who didn't play well in two appearances right. uh, when McCall was injured. Their other backup, Bryce Carpenter, got arrested over the weekend for an alleged assault as well, so he's not available. Oh, so uh, Coastal's uh, quarterback room could be very, very thin if McCall indeed does not ultimately play uh, since Guest has not been very effective. Yeah, mm-hmm. my God. Maybe you're just better off staying inside. Don't leave the house uh, with uh, people behaving. Quickly, why'd you bet good spot here? Motivation key. I would think Connecticut's very excited to be in the bowl game uh, Monday catching 10. I mean, you just hit it uh, on, the, on the, the nail on the head, in my opinion. First bowl game for UConn since 2015. Jim Mora Jr., a big-time first season there with the Huskies. They had gone 10-50 and 50 the previous five seasons. So, uh, you know, when Moore says it's a big deal, I believe it's a big deal. And this is a Husky team that won five of their last seven to get here. That included victories over Fresno, Boston College, and Liberty. Marshall was good as an underdog, covered all, won all three games as an underdog outright, including the victory over Notre Dame. But they only covered two of their last eight games this season as the betting favorite. They only averaged 20.7 points per game in their 10 games versus FBS opponents, so not very high-scoring team. I like uh, UConn plus the double digits here. Okay, less than a minute. Good game Saturday. L.A. Bowl, Fresno, Washington State. Uh, you laid it with Fresno? Right, I did. Actually, I got, I got two points. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, that's near right. the opener, yeah. but it's now, you know, it's three and a half there at Circa, but there's still quite a bit of uh, Fresno minus three. I see it at the South Point at Westgate, at some faraway places as well. And this is a Fresno team. Matt took a lot of my talking points away. We think a lot. Mm. That's a good thing, I guess. But uh, Fresno averaged uh, 37 points a game their last six games. Washington State gave up over 700 yards to Washington, as Matt indicated. And that defense now is going to be without their most talented performer, senior outside linebacker Dayon Henley, 106 tackles this year an all-Pac-12 selection. He's opted out. And also, their co-starters at linebacker, Francisco Mayagoa and Travian Brown, also not playing. They'll be without three of their top six tacklers. I think Fresno beats Washington State. Thank you, sir. Good luck this week. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Yep. I I didn't know whether to laugh at him or respect him. One of the best of all time made a really ridiculous comment last night. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v All right, a lot going on in the world of sports, and Bet Rivers has you covered. Latest lines, odds, and boosts, great props. Over 800 different ways to bet the World Cup semis. Whether it's soccer, football, hockey, or basketball, they have you covered. Great house specials. Tuesday, hockey first goal insurance, dynamite promotion, Sunday, football parlay insurance. All soccer fans, head to BetRivers.com. Check out the great menu at the World Cup. It's a whole new game at BetRivers. All right, here we go. Our good mate Nigel Seeley joins the program now. We have a semifinal match coming up today in the World Cup. It's a monstrous game, obviously. And uh, Nigel, you tipped Argentina at 6-1 to one pre-tournament. Are you a little nervous today in this match against Croatia? Because, uh, I mean, they are, as I said in the previous segment, they are no picnic to play against. 
No, good afternoon to you guys. Good morning to you guys. Yep. Um, it's, it's it's quite funny, isn't it, really, Mitch? This time four years ago, I was <laughs> sitting in the World Cup final cheering on Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> and, now, and now four years on, I'm, I'm, I'm opposing heavily against Argentina. Um, the one thing about this Argent, uh, the, the Croatian side is that you can never, ever, ever rule them out because what they have above any other nation is a heart of a lion. Uh, I mean, their, their game play, how they, how they overcome the Brazilians, I really don't know. The goalkeeper had a most amazing game. They ran for an entire 90 minutes and then ran again for another 30 minutes. They did the same against Japan. And I think if they had a proven goal scorer, you got to remember they're not a pro- they haven't got a proven goal scorer. They haven't got a striker. They haven't got a Messi. They haven't got a Neymar. They haven't got a Harry Kane. If they had a proven goal scorer, they would probably, in my opinion, be up there in the top four or five nations in the world because defensively they're superb. Their goalkeeper has absolutely been amazing this season, and in midfield they have probably one of the most creative midfields and the most robust and you know uh, just just that will do everything. They play the ball superbly. It's just the one thing they lack is a goal scorer. Now, in this World Cup, it's amazing to think they've made the semi-finals of a World Cup, but they've only been leading in a match in the whole of the World Cup for 46 minutes. Yes. They, 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 they've drawn every single game. If you look at their record in knockout tournaments, their last nine knock- major tournaments, sorry, their last nine matches in major tournaments at the knockout stages, they've drawn eight of them. What they do is that they're like a boxer that will go to points. And they'll grind you down and just win on a points decision. Wow. That's the way they... My feeling is, though, that Croatia coming into this tournament were one of the oldest teams in the World Cup. As we reach the last four, they are the oldest team in the last uh, world, uh, in this World Cup. Luka Modric, their main player, is 37. A lot goes through him. A lot relies on him. And it's the same 11. And I just have a feeling that after... Two hours of football against Japan, going through extra time and then penalties, and then doing exactly the same. They've got through games on heart and determination, and they're going to run into an Argentina side that will match that tonight. I think the Argentinians are so passionate. We saw in the, the, that really ill-tempered game against the Netherlands. That, so I think that where they've had the psychological advantage of winning games through adversity and grit and determination, they've got a team now which will bring exactly that to the table. So I think this is a good match for Argentina, personally. I know a lot of people are saying that Croatia have a good chance, but I think after playing the Brazil, knocking out the World World Cup favourites over a long game, playing a lot of football, I know Argentina comes through an extra time in a penalties game as well, but I feel that Argentina still have another couple of gears to go into. So I think that, 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 that wipes that side out. So I have a position tonight. I'm very, very heavily involved in Argentina, as you said, to win the World Cup. I mm-hmm. won't be going in again. I watch the game purely from a, from a, from my future perspective. But I want Argentina to win. I think they will win. And if I didn't have my wager on the futures, I think at lines of about, I've seen lines of like minus 110 in some books, minus 120. Mm-hmm. I think I'd have to bet the Argentinians to win that in 90 minutes because if this was the first game of the World Cup, I would strongly believe that Argentina would start around about minus 160, minus 150. And I think that Croatia have improved, but they haven't won many games. They've only won one match in regular time in this World Cup, and that was against Canada, uh, which, we, which they were losing as well in that game. So so I, I feel that just on the evidence of the World Cup, Croatia have obviously got better, but I do feel that's a little bit of a carrot that's been dangled at the price of Argentina. How do you feel about, uh, is it going to be nervy? Uh, how it could be played out with the total, uh, your, your cards, props? I know I know you got Messi to have most goals too, like us. Well, I didn't bet Messi to be the most goals. I've actually bet Messi to be the player of the tournament at 12-1. to 1. Okay. So there's a, uh, I think that's a straight match now between him and Mbappe if they get through to the World Cup final. So I'm really hoping that Messi has a fantastic tournament. But I think, I don't want to, I'm not looking to hedge that position now because I'm a Moroccan get to the final and win that and I think they'll give it to Moroccan player and if Modric has a great game tonight I think that is going to be a concern mm. but it, it looks as though it, that, that market is between Mbappe and Messi and that also looks like the goal, the goal, top goal scorers between uh, Mbappe and Messi and mm-hmm. um, I feel tonight if you look at the, the records uh, of Croatia they do concede quite a lot and they, and they do score both teams have scored in eight of their last nine knockout matches in major tournaments Argentina do concede a few you know, they, 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 
You saw against Holland that when Holland went direct and just pumped the ball in, Argentina couldn't handle that. And if I was the Croatian side tonight, I'd be looking at trying to put some aerial pressure on from set pieces corners. So I do think that both teams to score is an attractive wager. It was the best price this morning with Bet Rivers. I think it was something like plus one one twenty eight or something like that. I, I don't believe that will be there now because that was the best price in the world this morning. But I do. I, I think there could be goals on both sides. And if the, if we get an early goal as we've seen this World Cup, everything opens up. We're into the knockout stages now, so goals usually go down. But if we get an early goal, it changes the dimension of the game. You know, we'd never have thought that Argentina against uh, the Netherlands would have been a 2-2 draw. The other thing I think uh, here is obviously bookings. I mean, you've got an Argentinian side that played the Netherlands. 11, I think it was, was it 15 bookings in that game, including players that weren't on the pitch. The Croatians, obviously, fiery as well. Biggest game for a long, long time. You've got a fancy over on the cards. I think cards are definitely the way forward. I don't think there'll be a red card, but I think we're going to be in for a real fiery game against two nations that have determination, heart and grit. And it means everything to these players to play in a World Cup final. So definitely the cards. But I think you've got to go over five and a half on the line. But uh, there won't be much downside in that market, not okay. at all. Mm. Okay. You know, before the World Cup starts, we always look for the, uh, quote, group of death. Well, I think we have the group of death now. I mean, Group F, Pauly, Nigel, turned out to be Canada, Belgium, this Croatia side, and Morocco. How no. good is that? That's absurd. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, when you think about it, I actually bet, you, if you, you talk about great bets at that tournament, I actually bet Morocco to win that group at 12-1. to 1. Can you believe they were 12-1 to 1 to win that group? And now they're in the World Cup semifinals. So that was, it. That was incredible. I, all, you know, I, I, I thought the Canada might come through it. And at, at one mm-hmm. stage, they had a great opportunity. They went one nil up against Croatia, but it was an amazing yep. thing. But well, if we go back about some stats, I'll give you a couple of other yeah. stats. In, in 2016, um, Luka Modric made his debut for Croatia. Sorry, sorry, 2006, sorry, 16 years ago, Luka Modric made his debut in his first ever match against Croatia. And it was against Argentina. And Luka Modric was obviously the Croatian captain. And in that game, Lionel Messi scored his first ever goal for Argentina. <laughs> 16 years later, they're playing. So Luka Modric scored and made his debut on that game for his international for Croatia and Modric scored. I, I just, I just, I think sometimes we get a little bit blinded by our future position. And I think that we, quality will always shine through in the end. And I honestly believe that Argentina are a better team. I know that we haven't seen it in this competition. We've seen it in glimpses, but with Messi just bringing them through, with Messi determined to win a World Cup, to emulate Maradona, to emulate Pele, to emulate the world greats and be considered you know, he's in my book, he's considered him the greatest of all time. But I think that ed- extra spice from Messi makes that yeah. a bet. And I just feel that sometimes we may be a little bit carried away with the momentum of some clubs uh, or teams. Uh, Croatia were considered 66 to 1, 100 to 1, no hopers at the start of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Argentina were everyone's pick. And today you can almost get even money about them winning the game. Doesn't seem right to me. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow, we'll speak tomorrow. Yep. But at the start of the tournament, Morocco were 500 to 1 in the UK, 300 to 1 generally with bookmakers. They're playing against France, who were the leading hope in European matches. And again, the prices do not reflect what it would be in the first game of the tournament. If France played Morocco in the first game of the tournament, France would be something like minus 250, minus 275 to winning 90 minutes. You're not getting anywhere near like that. So I think sometimes we look at the underdog and pay them too much respect and do not pay enough respect to the team that have got there. And that's because it's public money and public perception. They want to get with a side that have shocked. Everyone's a Morocco fan. But uh, I think sometimes we sort of take for, you know, overlook. Argentina won a 35-winning run, an uh, unbeaten run coming into this competition. I know they lost against Saudi, but that's long gone now. They're on a mission to win the World Cup. Yep. And I feel that Croatia, playing two long games, extra time and penalties, aging squad, I think is going to take its toll. And the last person you want to see running at you when you're absolutely exhausted is Lionel Messi, mm. who's going to make history. So I'm going to go for Argentina tonight. Not going to play it myself, but if you haven't been involved in the Argentina journey so far, have a little bet on them to win okay. in 90 minutes at minus 110. Fair enough. 30 seconds here. You've been there the whole time. Uh, okay. What are we talking about with the fan bases here? 10 to 1 Argentina? Uh, I would I would say there'd probably be more. I mean, I think that every Qatari, every Saudi will be supporting Messi. So I think that the Croatians will probably have about 3,000, 4,000 fans in that stadium. Wow. It holds 
it holds 80,000. Oh. So there'll be 76,000 Argentinians. I think the Messi oh. factor, every neutral will be searing him. So good luck with that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Sealy underscore Nigel. Best of luck today, mate, with the futures, okay? Take care, guys. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Yep. All right. Talk then. Great there job. you go. Nigel Sealy. It's a great match today. Yeah. It is. But what he just said makes a lot of sense. If this was the first match, based on future right. numbers, yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense. And so yeah, I mean, Sunday, Argentina-France would be a monster. Oh, boy. For all the marbles. We will recap last night's betting action with win some, lose some. Yet another 40-1 to cash on a primetime football game. Paulie with the details coming up next. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.